Say these words after me. Shema Israel. Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Echad. Ve'ahavta. Et Adonai Elohecha. Ve'chol levavecha. Uvechol nefshecha. Uvechol meodecha. Ve'ahavta. Lareacha. Kamocha. Amen. Now together. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. These are the very words of God. Thank you. Be seated for my words. All right. Last time I left you guys with a thought about restaurants, tipping, our behavior as Christians. Remember that? I wanted to share with you one other thing. My behavior in restaurants. I sat and ate lunch with a couple named Thomas and Ainsley um, years and years ago. She, she is still, I was about to say she was, she still is several years, decades, maybe younger than, than I am. And we were at a restaurant and I saw what she did and it so impacted me. I've never been the same since. And this young, early 20 something girl taught the old guy how we ought to behave in restaurants as Christians. And I thought, why have I never done this before? Ever since that moment, back in early 2003, probably 2002, you guys were probably two or three. <laughs> um, ever since that moment, I've done this. We go to a restaurant, sit down, waiter, waitress comes up and says, hi, I'm so-and-so, can I take your drink order, right? If I don't catch the name, I always ask the name. What's your name again? Oh, Abby. Great, Abby, thank you so much for waiting on us today. Oh, no problem. Yeah, try to be nice. Brings our drink order, then she takes our food order. Everything's normal so far. Sometimes I'm corny and I say, we're gonna be the best table you have all night or something, you know, and she's like, mm, good luck, right? Or whatever, um, not, not really. But um, as soon as the food comes, what I always try to do is say, hey, Abby, um, we're going to say a prayer right now and just thank God for the opportunity to even come out to eat because it's a blessing and for our food. And I just wanted to know if there's anything going on in your life that we could pray for. And I have had over the last 15 years, waiters and waitresses absolutely break down and start bawling in that moment right at our table. I've had them leave wiping their eyes and come back and say, I'm so sorry. I've had them say, oh my gosh, thank you so much, yes. Or no one has ever asked me that before. Thank you. I've had them look me straight in the eye and give me that look that says drop dead. Of course, they didn't say that, but they've said, no, thanks, I'm good. Like, I don't need your prayers and I don't need your God. I've had all of it. It doesn't matter because it doesn't change who I am and who my God is. So now what happens is, whoever our waiter or waitress is, 
Now what do they know about me? Do they know my church where I go? No. Do they know what type of Christian I am? Oh, you're Methodist. Oh, you must be a Lutheran. All they know is I believe in the one true God. And I'm going to lift, you're important enough for me to lift up your stuff, whatever it is that you want to tell me, to him. And now I've committed myself. Do you know what I've committed myself to? I'm a priest. I got to put the God on display before the nations, before the people. And when I now give my tip, Abby knows, here comes another church person with the crappy tips. But you know what? I think we can change Midland, I think we can change Texas. I think we can change the United States and the world if Christians would live what they say they believe. Because now that I've exposed my beliefs to Abby, Sally, Lucy, whoever, and I leave a 10% tip, God said, don't take my name in vain. It means don't drag my name through the mud. Don't tell people who I am when it's not true. Show them who I am. So now I'm going to tip at least 20% because that's what the world tips. But Mark Dean, I'm going to go 25, 30, 40, 50 on up, whatever I feel like the Lord wants me to do, just to blow God's mind because I love to blow God's mind. It's not easy to do, but it's possible. I've got stories where I'll show you where people blew Jesus' mind. Jesus went, no what? I mean, you're thinking, well, he's God. He, he already knew. I'm sorry, that's not what the Bible says. And Jesus marveled. How do you marvel? Oh, oh, oh. That's how you marvel. You don't have words. You blow, blow Jesus' mind. I want to blow Jesus' mind. So now, not only does the waiter or waitress think, that's kind of neat. Like, they care about me. Their service might even become better. But if it's not, it doesn't matter. But now I know her name. I use her name. I've prayed for, I've had waiters and waitresses say, can I pray with you? And they'll sit there and hold our hands. And I'm thinking, you're not embarrassed? This is so cool. And now they know this family believes. And then they look at their tip and they go, wow, that's so cool. The Christian, the believers, 50% tip? And it changes their minds. It, it puts a taste of, in their mouth of who God is. Wow, their God must be generous. Wow, their God must love and care for people. Wow, I forgot. I got Mr. whoever his name's food wrong. I didn't fill up their drinks. I brought them the wrong stuff. And they still gave me a 40% tip. That is so neat. You know, I've changed. Their, and listen, we're going to go out to eat anyways, aren't we? We're going to order food anyways, aren't we? We're going to have a semi-relationship with the waiter waitress anyways. Ask Christians, why don't we ask them? What can I pray for? The worst they can do is say, I don't believe in God. You can't pray for anything. And now, guess what? I know exactly what to pray for. <laughs> Please pray for who, you know, this guy's disbelief or unbelief. It doesn't matter what they say. And you know what really blows their minds? And this happened. We started a relationship with a waitress at Abuelos. Because every time we'd come in, we'd ask for X person, her name. She'd come out to the table. Oh, I remember the first time. How are you? Good, good. And then when I said, how is your son so-and-so doing? She was like, oh, 
You remembered his name. Yeah, my uh, daughter's been praying for him every day for the last three weeks. Tears. <laughs> like, who does this? Nobody does this. You shouldn't care about me. Oh, but we do because our God is a God who cares about other people. And so that's who we are. And I'm telling you, that is the loudest Bible. That is the best Bible anybody can ever read is your life when you're living it. So I don't care what you believe and I don't think God cares what you believe. Well, I believe this, 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 and this in the right way. Who cares? What are you doing? Well, I'm not living kingdom. Then I'm not interested. Or I don't really know what the Bible says, but I love people and I want to take care of them. God says, I can use you. Okay? Now, I'm not saying doctrine isn't important. It is. There are certain beliefs that God says, I need you to know that this is important. Confessing Jesus is the Lord. Um, be baptized for the re remission of your sins because that is the death, burial, and resurrection. There's things that are important. I'm not saying that. Don't hear me say, well, Mr. Dean says I don't have to believe anything. I just have to do stuff. Well, no, but I don't think it's the most important thing. All right, let's go uh, one more time over Eastern Western. And I have a little story to share, from you, uh, share with you. It's one of my favorite stories that RVL tells. This whole idea of think Hebrew, think Hebrew. Because I'm going to be asking you guys now, I need you to think Hebrew here for a second. So Ray Vanderlyn, when he was younger, he got the opportunity to go study at Hebrew University. Hebrew University in Jerusalem, paid for. So he shows up in his dockers and his nice shoes and his polo shirt. And he, and he walks into his first class. Guess what every other member of the class, first of all, guess what gender every other member of the class was? There are men, there are males, only males, only males study at this level. So no girls in the class. And that was kind of, huh. So he looks around and he's sticking out like a sore thumb because every other member of this class that he's taking at Hebrew University is in a long black robe. The curly cues that are overgrown off the side, the long beard and the black hat. And these guys are 20, but this is how these Orthodox Jewish men look. And they look at the goy, the Gentile, in the back of the room. And they're like, who's this guy, right? And it's like, oh, geez. And he's already got a master's degree in something. And he realizes in the few moments, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything. Rabbi walks into the room. And everybody stands up. And then he stands up because everyone else does it. It's like, a, and uh, they're laughing at him the whole time. And every answer he gives is wrong. That eh, wrong, that eh, wrong. Hey, Goy, you got an answer? But about the fifth time, he's like, nope, I'm good. And they're like, good, because it's going to be wrong anyways. I mean, laughing, laughing. This happens for weeks and weeks and weeks. He finally gets so sick of it. He has the courage to tell these guys, I'm done. Stop laughing at me. I'm tired of you telling me, think Hebrew, think Hebrew, Goy. I don't even know what that means. And until one of you can define it and tell me what to think Hebrew means, just don't talk to me. I'm done. And you know what they did? They laughed at him. <laughs> they just laughed at him because what did he just ask for? A definition. If you can't define for me and tell me what, and they just laughed. And he's like, okay, I'm, you know, he's very angry. And one of the guys goes, okay, calm, calm down, calm down. 
He says, what causes juvenile de delinquency? <laughs> and our VL goes, what? And he said, just answer the question, what causes juvenile delinquency? I th he said, just answer the question. He said, I don't know. Maybe the parents didn't raise him right. Maybe the dad was a bad example and the son. I don't know. And he said, ask me. Ask you what? Ask me what causes juvenile delinquency. And RVL is like, why? Just, okay, what causes juvenile delinquency? And the Jewish guy says, if your father eats raw onion and your mother chews on garlic, don't expect the child's breath to smell sweet. And he said, what did I say? Oh, you said exactly what I said. Yes, but it's in picture. That's thinking Hebrew. Oh, what the parents do affects what the kids, yes. But I said it in picture. Chewing on garlic, eating raw onion, child's breast not going to smell very good. Oh, okay, so that's thinking Hebrew. It's, there's always a picture. Love that story. I want to take you to a story in the Bible that's going to show us God's generosity. All right? You think, well, I know God's generous. No, no, that's one of those cerebral things. We're like, I know God is generous. But we don't actually like think about that all the time. John, or excuse me, Luke chapter five. I'm going to read this to you. I love to be read to, by the way. I always loved to be told stories as a kid. The Bible is just a big storybook. So if you want to follow along, uh, follow along. If you can just listen. On one, this is Luke chapter 5, verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Shmon's. By the way, his name is Shmon. Shmon in Hebrew. What does it sound like? Shm. Shm. Shma. Shmon comes from Shma. It means one who listens. It's the one who hears. He listens to God. Shmon. So he gets into Shmon's boat. He asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down. That's the posture a rabbi always takes to teach. He sits down. Crazy. He sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Shimon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. <laughs> and Simon answered, uh, Master, we toiled all night and didn't catch a thing. And I can hear Peter's wheels turning in his head. I'm a fisherman. <laughs> You're a rabbi. Why are you telling me where to go fishing? Like, how would you possibly know? Besides that, I worked all night. We didn't even catch anything. I already know there's no fish. I can hear this in Peter's head. But Peter's not about to insult the rabbi. 
And can you imagine the rabbi, uh, Peter, uh, why don't you put your boat, I don't know, over there, let's go catch some fish. That'll be fun. It's like, oh my gosh, okay. And he says, Master, you know, we worked all night (laughs) and we didn't catch anything, but you know what? At your word, uh, I'll let down the nets. And you can just hear Peter kind of pat, pat, pat. Sort of, it's okay, little rabbi. I will do what you said. We'll let down the nets. Oh, didn't catch any fish. That's okay. Let's try it again another time, right? I can just hear this. Peter says, all right, rabbi, at, at your word, we'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so much that they began to sink. But when Shimon Petra saw it, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. I, I can't do this. I mean, it ripped Peter's heart in two. He knows what just happened. Now, you and I don't fully know what just happened because we go, oh, cool, Jesus did a neat miracle. And he did, but he didn't. Depart from me, I am a sinful man. Oh God, oh Lord, sorry, oh Lord, oh sir. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. We don't appreciate the word astonished. Astonished is mouth agape, eyes wide open, and utterly speechless. You do not have words when you are astonished. (laughs) This is crazy. His partners were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zavdai, who were partners with Shimon. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question. Why did that miracle happen? Why did that miracle happen? To what? Good question. I mean, good answer. To open his eyes. To what? Okay, so this is a guy I could follow because he can do miracles. Like he can do, he's got the power of God, right? But why did that miracle happen? Why didn't Jesus just go and just levitate three feet off the boat and say, I am God, Riley? Yeah, to show him the. He knows. I know you don't. You need to follow me. I I can teach you. No one got healed. No demons were cast out. No one received sight. Nobody received their speech. Nobody received the ability to walk. I have a different idea. 
because I'm looking at the picture. Hey, Simon? Yes, Rabbi. You mind if I use your boat for a couple hours? I need to teach the crowds. Okay. Get the boat. Can you put out a little bit? Mm-hmm. There was a shower at the beginning. And he starts teaching. And it's an hour. And then it's two hours. Whose boat is it? Whose boat is it? Simon. Simon's boat. What does Simon, what can Simon not do the entire time he's in the boat with Jesus? What was he doing? He was washing his nets, cleaning up, getting the tackle off. What can he not do when he's out on the boat babysitting Jesus? He can't be a fisherman. He can't do his job. So he's sitting there on the clock, not getting paid. Because the nice rabbi wants to teach some lessons, and they're really good, don't get me wrong. Simon was like, wow, this is great. But uh, by the second hour, he was going, <whistles> like, and his partner's like, you come in? He's like, I'm sorry. You can, be, you can totally imagine that. I want, I want you to see that God is a gentleman. And a gentleman always pays for the use of your time, your things. So how do you pay a fisherman for the use of his boat? You pay him in fish. Isn't that right? I mean, don't you pay a fisherman in fish? And I want you to notice how much he pays him. See, he doesn't pay him 20%. He doesn't tip him 30%. These fishermen who, this was their profession. In their five, six years of fishing, they had never, ever seen that many fish in one net so much that two boats began to sink. What does that tell you about the kind of God that we serve? How generous is he? Oh. Tipping him five fish, takes to the market, goes get 20 bucks. He's got food, bread, whatever. How much did they get for all of those fish? Oh. What's really cool, you pay a fisherman in fish, which he in turn turns into cash. Pretty cool, huh? I think what's really amazing is that Jesus never did one miracle in his life. Yes, you heard correctly. I don't believe that Jesus ever did one miracle in his life because God, Humans can't do miracles. Only God does a miracle. Now you say, oh, okay, I see what you're doing there. That's just like the bait and switch kind of thing. Jesus is God. So no, you did not hear me correctly. I don't believe Jesus was the source of that miracle. I think God did the miracle through Jesus. His words of saying, put out into the deep. But I have very good reasons for, for believing that Jesus and not only Jesus, but no other human ever did a miracle. Because God is the sole source of miraculous activity in the Bible and out of the Bible, not humans. And you guys, people do not like to hear that. This is one of those teachings that's like, oh, I really liked it up until the point that Mr. Dean said that Jesus couldn't do miracles. Listen, people don't like to hear that. But if it's true, 
wouldn't you want to know it? If it's true that Jesus didn't do miracles, wouldn't you, number one, not only want to know that, but wouldn't you want to know why and why it is that Jesus didn't do miracles? I have reasons and proof from the Bible that can substantiate why I believe Jesus couldn't do miracles. Neither could any other human in the entire universe. And we'll get to that story. I want you to write that down. Mr. Dean better back up that claim about Jesus not doing miracles. I'm going to ask him if he ever forgets and he better give me that story or stories. Because I can back up, back up that claim, y'all, with evidence. And I will tell you why Jesus didn't or couldn't do miracles and only God can do miracles. Because if that is true, at least pertaining to this story, it means that Jesus didn't do that miracle. Who did? God did. Which means Jesus didn't pay those fishermen for the use of their boat. Who did? God did. Which means God blessed these four fishermen and their company with so many fish that they could take to market and turn into cash. All because of what? So that God's son could sit and for two hours talk about who God is and how much he loves these people. And God thought that was worth it to blow Peter and James and John away. Do me a favor. Listeners of this class, if you ever hear me say something you don't like, please don't sit there and, and stew and grumble and uh, maybe I'll drop, maybe I'll switch. No. You promised you would wear some Hebrew glasses with me and if that takes us to some places that are uncomfortable, so be it. Bless God, I was uncomfortable too. But all God wants to do is teach us who he is so that we can be like him to the rest of the world. Um, so if I ever say something that you don't like, don't shut me off. Ask for evidence. Search it out with an open mind and then come, let's reason together. That's what God said. An open mind means I'm open to knowing the truth. A closed mind says, I already found my truth. I'm not gonna listen to any other truth. So don't even talk to me. That's a closed mind. I'm asking you to, to listen with an open mind. An open mind says, hmm, that's interesting. I'm gonna research that. I'm gonna ask my pastor, ask my youth minister, ask my mom and dad. I'm gonna research this and see if there's any validity what Mr. Dean is saying, okay? And if there is, cool. If there's not, come and tell me. Look it, I think you're, you're full of beans. <laughs> All right?